Welcome to the Friday Night Clive podcast with me, Clive Payne. In this podcast, we look back at the amazing charities, organisations and people we have chatted to over the past few months, all of whom have interesting and important stories to tell. If you've ever had to pursue somebody for money and to recover a loss, you can do it through the Small Claims Court, and it's what's known as a civil small claim. But if you're not sure how to go about it, it's something that you can do yourself. You can use a legal executive to do that. Uh, but it's important to try and work out, really, what a small claim is. Well, yesterday I caught up with uh, Mariah Jakob from the Litigations Department at Waldron Solicitors here in Briley Hill. And the first thing I asked her, really, was to try and explain to me what is a civil small claim. Yes, so um, normally what we get clients, there can be individuals or businesses, and um, if you're owed some sort of debt uh, by a person or a company, um, you may wish to recuperate that. Um, you may even wish to issue what's called a small claim to get that money back from these businesses. Um, with regards to that, though, it may be the case that the amount's some value less than £10,000, in which case it wouldn't be feasible for you to go and um, you know instruct a solicitor you may want to deal with individually um, so with that what we normally advise is um, to send a letter before claim and that's to a person owing you money and requesting um, that they make that full payment um, normally there's, there's a procedure for that which is called the pre-action protocol with that that's the court asking you to follow these compliance issues before you issue any sort of claim with them to try and negotiate out of court. Um, this letter, it can normally be sent either by post, um, but we always recommend that you always get some sort of proof of delivery, um, that if you do have to go to court, then you've got that um, with you uh, to show to the courts that you have attempted to try and negotiate out of court. So to basically, um, you do it, send it via recorded delivery, for yes, example? Uh, exactly, just to make sure that they've got got a copy and if you do have to go to court you've shown the courts that you've tried to get some sort of response without having to to issue a civil claim okay so for example if i am owed some money say for example from an online retailer or an online auction site or, or a catalog company if it's less than ten thousand, which it probably would be um this is really the the, the basis to go down then this is the route to go down first it definitely yes because um with small civil claims that if the amount less than ten thousand pounds you can't claim your legal costs so if it was a higher amount then we'd probably say you know it's probably best for you to instruct solicitors and get that advice from them but because it's under that amount you're not unable to get your legal costs sometimes your amount is a lot less and um, then the, the ten thousand in which case if your solicitor provides you some fees and you're unable um to afford that it's, it's probably the best way to go down to try and get that uh, and recuperate that money back Okay, so you do then your, as you say, your letter before action, and let's say the the other party doesn't respond or responds negatively. What should be the next stage in the process that we follow? I mean, if they don't if they don't respond um, and they don't uh, issue the pleadings, what you can do is you can go decide to go to court. So you've received no response from them; they haven't acknowledged anything, or you feel like you're not getting anywhere with them. Really, um, you can decide to go to court and. Now, uh, with the online system, um, it makes it a lot easier for anybody to, to go and issue a small claim. So, um, if you do decide to call, go to court, you can always um, apply for a money claim uh, from a small business. Um, and you can do that either online or post. 
um, you have to pay the court fee, and that's normally dependent on the amount you're claiming, plus any interest that's owed to you. Um, in order to do that, you'll have to complete a complaint claim form and set out the particulars of your claim, which is basically an overview of why you're claiming the amount um, and what you've tried to do to try and recuperate the amount from them. Um, it's necessary to serve it um, on the person owing you money as well, but the court normally do that for you. Um, and what they'll do then is they'll process that and you'll get a notice of issue from the courts then. Okay, that's fine. So when we send, just going back to the letter before action, when we send that, how long do we have to give the other party to respond? Is there anything set in law? It's only about 30 days. So 30 days is a reasonable time for the other person to receive that letter, take some sort of action, or if they need to seek some legal advice, then they can do that. Okay, that's fine. So, I mean, give me some examples then of the kind of matters that, that, you know, a firm like Waldron's would deal with then, because I guess if people instruct you, as you've said, these are claims that would be over £10,000 in value. Definitely. I mean, we do get a, a lot of small claims as well, um, depending on the person, because with Waldron's we have a range, so we have a lot of businesses that come to us um, that have had invoices unpaid, so they may have invoices... Uh, for a range of a certain quarter from, say, February till till April, May, um, three or four invoices, and the company who owe the money, they're not paying the invoice, um, they're not getting no response back from them, and they sort of want to recover that amount. Um, so what we do then is uh, we send this, this letter before claim that we've just discussed, um, and we give that company 30 days. Um, a lot of the times we do get a response back because it's it's a final warning letter to basically say if you don't pay that amount then we're going to court or if you don't uh, come to some sort of settlement or mediation then the only other option that there is is to go to court. But again, you know, with, with examples like, you know, dealing with um, landlords or splitting with a partner, for example, where you have shared assets, that's when it starts to get quite complicated. So what should we do then? Definitely. I mean, with um, with landlord and tenants, um, you can have, obviously, especially with the, with the current climate, you can have a lot of um, arrears uh, accumulating with tenants. So with that, the, the procedure is slightly different. Um, so the first step you'd have to take is sort of decide whether you need to go down a Section 8 route or a Section 21 route. Now, these are two... Um, areas are the main ones where you'd want to proceed with um, evicting a tenant really. Um, Section 8 is normally used if um, your tenant has broken some terms of a tenancy you've got with them. Um, For example, there's rent arrears or there's disrepair to the property. Um, And the other option you've always got is a Section 21. Um, There is certain criteria for using the Section 21 to try and evict a tenant. Um, You've got to make sure there's certain compliance on the landlord's behalf. Um, So that would be, for example, making sure you've given um, energy performance certificates, given a house you rent guide, um, you know, given gas safety certificates to the tenants before they've they've started their tenancy as well. Um, So what we tend to get awards of quite a lot is... um, landlords trying to evict their tenants down the Section 8 route because for one reason or another they didn't know they had to serve certain um, documents to the tenants before they started. Um, but with these these 
particular type of matters, you've got to serve what's called a notice. Mm. Um, dependent on which one you, you do, um, it it's decides which sort of route you go down. Um, but if you decide to go down at Section 8 or 21, and after that time limit, you've realised that the tenants aren't moving out of the property, then that's when you decide to go to court. Um, and with the court, you wouldn't have to send any letter before claim beforehand. So you can effectively think of, of these notices as your letter before claim before you go to court. What happens then when it's with an ex-partner? Because when relationships break up, they can be, you know, quite emotive um, and quite obstructive. And I know on the programme we've talked with Jessica Bird from Waldrons about relationship breakups and how to deal with the dissolving of estates. But if you're trying to recover money uh, from an ex-partner, um, that can be quite difficult. So, you know, what can we do there? Definitely. I mean, um, if you both... If there's a, a you know a partnership where you both bought a property together, for example, um, and you bought it as joint tenants, um, then some way or another you've got to get your equity or your interest in that property out because it's not you know feasible for both of you to stay in that property no more. So um, with this sort of procedure, what we normally advise is um, for you to try and negotiate with them first of all, um, if you can try and negotiate some sort of settlement out of court um, and perfect, you know, it's great for both parties, but a lot of the times that's not always the case uh, with a relationship breakdown. Um, so when you do both own a party, what we say is um, you need to, some sort of a court order to try and force the sale if you can't come to some sort of agreement. Now, once again, with these types of matters, you'd have to send a letter before claim again to show the court that you've tried to come sort some sort of negotiation with your ex-partner um, but you know you haven't been able to do so or it's not a settlement that you're happy with um, with this the court does bear in mind that when you first purchase a property it is on the interest of both of you living together and starting um, you know a family together but for whatever reason that relationship broken down and what you need is for the court to resolve the dispute by basically maybe even before ordering a force or forcing the sale of a property. Um, now, the courts, they look at a particular law, um, which is Section 14 of the Trust of Land Act, and they'll look at certain um, intentions of the parties before they got together. So they would, for example, look at um, the purpose of which the parties bought their property. So, for example, it was to live together, but for whatever reason, that relationship's broken down. Um, they'd also look at the welfare of any children in the property or if there's any party that needs more assistance. Um, a lot of time is for children under 18 as well. Um, they'll take a particular you know, a, a focus on to make sure that their welfare is, is considered um, when they're the shared between the parties. And the other thing they'll also look at is um, any interest of any secured creditor uh, of the property. So, for example, if there's a mortgage... Um, once these are considered by the courts, then they normally order either a sale of the property or for one party to buy the other party out, um, depending on you know the evidence both parties provide with the contributions they made to the property and, and that sort of thing. Right, okay. So, I mean, it, it sounds quite complicated to those of us that aren't you know legally trained, uh, but I'm sure it's not when you deconstruct it, which is where you know, expert help comes in. But what would be your top three tips 
for somebody listening to this thinking, I do need to recover some money from so-and-so or whatever, what would be your top three tips for that person to get them started? Um, I the first thing I would definitely say is if you can try and come to some sort of negotiation um, in terms of having um, even, you know, an amicable letter sent out, just to say um, that you want to come so to some sort of agreement um, and, you know, set out what, what it is that you're, you're trying to resolve um, and what sort of amount you're looking at for either party to buy themselves out, um, especially as legal costs can be a lot. Um, if you, you you know you realise that you can't do that, then I would put particular emphasis on sending a letter before action um, to try and you know let your ex partner know that you know you do need business um, and that you want to to try and come to some resolution. But if you feel that you're not, then you are willing um, to go to the court. And the third thing I would say is just make sure you've, you've dug out all, all the important documentation and show the contributions you've made um, towards the property. Um, you know, that can be a, a deposit that you've made or anything like that. But it's always good before you go to, to any solicitor to have all that those papers dug up. So if you do feel like you, you need to get legal advice, then the legal advisor in front of you has everything before them um, to try and help you and show you the best way to move forward. Talk me through then, Maria, a typical day in the life of a civil litigator. What What's a daily li- a daily uh, routine like for you at work? Yes, definitely. So um, first things first, we always have to get our morning coffee in. Um, Absolutely. To get us get, um, you know, to um, get us ready to go with, with the busy day that we have. Um, as as litter at Wardrens, we have uh, we deal with quite a range of, of matters, so any any day can be you know very different to be honest with you, depending. Um, but the first thing I normally do is I log into my um, to my email first of all and check any posts that we have. Reason being, with um, with the role of a civil litigation solicitor, we can get a lot of last minute um, correspondence from court or urgent matters we've got to deal with. Um, so sometimes we get clients that have come to us um, and they've been served with some court papers and they're not sure sure what to do. Um, so what I do is literally go, go through my email to prioritise um, the matters that I need to deal with and any court deadlines that need to be dealt with immediately. Um, here at Walden's we have a, a diverse department so we deal with litigation, um, commercial litigation and insolvency as well. So I work a lot, hand in hand a lot with our commercial property department. So it may be that sometimes I've got to liaise with them with, with some sort of matters. Um, you know, it may be the case that I need to uh, draft some sort of application. So what I do is I start uh, preparing all documents that I need for that, um, you know, to make sure I meet with any court deadline. Um, and if I can agree that with the other side solicitors as well before I um, file anything off to the courts. Um, especially with uh, my role as well, a lot of legal research that's, that's involved. Um, there's often areas of law, and with Border um, itself, we have a lot of clients that have very niche matters, um, very niche businesses, and I may have you know commercial clients that have specific questions in relation to their lease or a breach of lease. Um, and then you need to look at any relevant law or, you know, the status of what they can do to move forward. So I would spend some time conducting some legal research as well. Um, we also, you know, we have um, a lot of client meetings 
um, with, with new clients coming in for um, maybe they want they want a walking appointment um, and they want to get some sort of idea of which way to go. In which case, I'd have a meeting with them. Um, sometimes with some of my colleagues sitting in, um, my junior colleagues, and uh, we take some details and instructions from them on how they want to proceed and sort of let them know uh, with guidance and how how we go moving forward. With wardens, especially, we get a lot of um, we offer fixed fee appointments. So with that, we can we help with a range of things, uh, you know, in order to try and get to the bottom of any issues that the, the, the clients face, whether it's with um, an individual, whether it's a business, or we offer a fixed fee. With that. Um, and, and you know, on a day, I may have a court hearing. Um, since COVID, a lot of the court hearings have become remote with with Teams and, and Zoom. So what we tend to do is we tend to uh, prepare for um, any urgent applications we've got. Um, a lot of the times we can, you know, file them online. But what I would do is prepare for any particular hearings I've got. And then if I do need to go in person, um, I would attend, you know, the local courts to degree um, and liaise with the other solicitors that are there, meet my clients, get their instructions and and go before the judge. It sounds like so to me that, that that morning coffee then is the most important thing because that's a pretty full <laughs> day, isn't it, really? It, it definitely is. I mean, like I said, especially here at Wardrobe, because we cater to a lot of different types of mm. matters. No one day is the same, um, but especially with litigation as well because we work with a lot of um, de- upcoming deadlines. So instead of like a transactional process, which is conveyancing, whereas, whereas it's more procedural, um, with us, it's very, um, you know, we may get last-minute deadlines where we've got to work around what our original plan for the day was. Um, so normally what we tend to do is, at the end of the day, try and plan, plan our day next day ahead. But it may be the case that we've got something more urgent cropping up, in which case we've got to uh, juggle our day around a bit. Sure. What skills would you say are required to be um, a good litigator like this? I mean, very clearly, I think when you're dealing with matters like this, they're emotive, as I was saying, and therefore, in order to get the best out of your client and the person that they're pursuing for their loss or company or whatever, uh, then I guess you have to keep things amenable in order to get a, a you know a good success rate. Um, but what other things would you say are required to do this particular part of uh, your job? Definitely. I mean. Um with our with our line of work, like I said, um, we can get clients that have a lot of distressing situations and, and difficult circumstances. So I think with the first thing you want to look at when you've got a, going for a civil litigation is their confidence, first of all. Um, I mean, that's essential for, for a lot of professions, but you have to have a confidence in a solicitor that they'll be able to portray your argument and um, your point across to you know, the solicitors or another party or, or even a judge. So I'd definitely say confidence um, and the ability to make accurate decisions is important, um, you know, when working in this sort of, of area of work. Um, I would definitely say the ability to organise your work is probably the most important. Um, you know, you've got to be able to prioritise the urgent deadlines um, then you say you, you know you provide your clients a service and they're continuing in good faith. So what you have to do is work around and make sure you get their instructions and manage to meet the deadlines. Um, you know to, to get your clients the results that they really want. Um, I'd also say that your negotiation skills have to be really good. Um, a lot of 
legal professionals, especially in civil litigation, you've got to be able to communicate your point well and make a strong case. Um, and that's really important when you kind of get the best possible results for your clients. Um, but as well as that, you're also looking with, with, you know, the persuasiveness. A lot of the matters we get are disputes um, in litigation. So what we've got to be able to do is look at information, detail, in detail and accurately, and get the little nitty-gritty uh, information that we need and build up a persuasive argument for our client to, to get the results that they want. Where can we find out more information then, Maria? Um, with regards to, um, yeah, I mean the the, the the work you know the work that Waldrons do, for example. Uh, definitely, yeah. Well, we have we do have a website. Um, our Waldrons website has all the information with regards to who would deal with your matter and the any communication you want to have. Um, but we always offer. You can always call us in. Um, at, on our number as well and we offer fixed fee appointments so if there is any any difficulties you have we're willing to offer you know a, an appointment and a meeting so it may be the case that you don't know how far you want to go with the matter but we offer the fixed fees which allow um, you know an individual to get a, a brief sort of overview of their circumstances before they decide how to move forward. And what's the number that people can ring as well? That's 01384-811-811. 01384-811-811. Maria Jakob from Waldron Solicitors, thank you very much for talking to Friday Night Clive. That is your lot for this episode. You can catch the programme live every Friday night on Black Country Radio from 7pm. If you love our podcast, then please subscribe by heading to blackcountryradio.co.uk forward slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from. See you very soon. This is a Black Country Radio podcast presented by Clive Payne, produced by Andy Caddick.